return of the midweeks. Dear friends, it's Judgment Day. We are going to be going through all of 1 Samuel chapter 4 today. And the big overview is that this story tells when God's predictions to judge the house of Eli come true. And so we're going to read through this, but that's the big idea. Now remember, the big picture of this book is that it's about the establishment of the monarchy, the kingship in Israel, the movement from judges to the kingship, the the ascending of the last judge over Israel, who would be Samuel, the prophet judge. And it begins with the fall of the first judge household, Eli's household, the high priest um, over Israel here. And so this part of the story is coming to um, an end, that the reign of Eli's household is coming to an end here. And this chapter is going to detail that um, story here. And we're going to do our regular analysis of people's hearts as we go through the story. So verse one, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. So this summarizes, remember last chapter, Samuel was uh, raised up by God to be a prophet called as he slept in the presence of the ark of God. And now it's just sharing that over time here, Samuel is beginning to minister prophetically to the nation of Israel. Now, Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and they encamped at Ebenezer and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. So we're being introduced. There's going to be a battle here between two organized armies. Verse 2, the Philistines drew up in a line against Israel. When the battle spread, Israel was defeated before the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men on the field of battle. So they fought. Israel lost. It wasn't a complete blowout, but it's, they, they definitely lost. Now, when the people came to the camp, the elders of Israel said, so this is the leaders, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. So, when you're reading Old Testament stories, when people begin to speak, their speech is usually boiled down to like one or two sentences. There's not a ton of long speeches, and when there are, they're really important. But the Bible will often summarize an entire discussion or an argument or a train of thought just by summarizing it into one or two sentences. And it's usually there to reveal people's heart. So in this case, you have the elders of Israel. These are supposed to be the most mature, spiritually mature, faith-filled leaders in the camp. They say, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Okay, so that's probably true. That's probably an accurate assessment that Israel says when they don't win in in military battle, um, God's hand is behind it. So they have a high view of God's sovereignty here. They believe that their God decides who wins, and they're seeing their defeat as a sign from the Lord, as a communication from the Lord. So, so far, probably so good. The next part is where it gets weird. Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come amongst us and save us from the power of our enemies. So what's really weird about this point is that instead of coming to repentance and weeping and seeking the Lord in prayer and sacrifice, they instead want to treat the Ark like an idol and bring the idol Ark to the front lines, thinking that somehow because the ark isn't in their presence, they have less power from God for victory. So this doesn't totally make sense spiritually. 
if God's defeated them, if the Lord's defeated them, then is the issue really that there just wasn't enough power because the ark wasn't there? And what they're really doing is they're avoiding being moral beings. They're avoiding, even though they say it's the ark of the covenant of the Lord, they're not going back to the ark and checking the covenant to see if they're in covenant with God, if they've been covenantly faithful. Because God promised if they're faithful, they'll have victory. And if they're unfaithful, they won't have victory. But instead of going to the Ark of the Covenant saying, have we broken covenant with God? They're just saying, why don't we just bring the box with the the tablets that Moses made? We'll bring them to the front line and this obviously will save us. So they're thinking like idolaters. And if you remember in the book of Judges, which Samuel kind of follows on the heels of, usually there's this pattern of defeat and then repentance and then the raising up of a judge. And so the people here are skipping the repentance part. They're just going, and they're not even seeking a judge. They're just going from defeat to treating God like an idol, and this is not going to work out for them. And then you can see when the Ark comes, it's mentioned that Hophni and Phinehas are brought with the Ark. And so if you'd never read the story before, you'd hear these two names and you'd remember that there's already been two prophecies about their death and destruction. And you would start going, uh-oh, what's going to happen next? All right, verse 5. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout so that the earth resounded. So they're really pumped. They're, this is their... Um, their their Super Bowl and they're really excited now. They're they're thinking that the cheerleaders are out and they're gonna shout and they're gonna make their team win. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that it was the Ark of the Lord that had come to the camp, the Philistines were afraid and they said, A God has come into the camp and they said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So here are the Philistines. It's interesting. We get to see what's going on from their perspective. It's really good when you're reading Old Testament stories to be aware of perspective shifts. So we were just in the Israelite camp, and then the ark shows up, and there's this big shout, and it's almost like you follow the sound waves to the other camp, and for a while we're in the Philistine camp hearing what they're discussing. And in one sense, it's supposed to, you're supposed to get the sense that they both think the same way here. The Israelites and the Philistines both think that the Ark of the Covenant does something, that it is a God itself and that it's going to turn the battle. So, and again, this is revealing the hearts of the Israelites. They're just as much Philistines as the Philistines are, except the Philistines kind of have even more respect for the Lord than the Israelites do because the Philistines remember what the Lord did to the Egyptians and they're terrified. So the Israelites aren't in holy fear of the Lord. They just drag out the ark without any apologies. But the Philistines are in a kind of holy fear of the Lord because they remember the stories of Egypt. And so this is meant to be very ironic and a bad diagnosis of where Israel's heart is at. But the Philistines encourage themselves. They realize that the cost of defeat is going to be slave to the Hebrews. So they say, hey, even though, you know, how are we supposed to win against these gods? Let's do our best. We can at least die with our boots on. Verse 10, so the Philistines fought 
and Israel was defeated. So here's the big surprise twist. And they fled every man to his house, and there was a very great slaughter, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell, and the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas died. So press pause there. So here's a report of a great defeat. And probably we were meant to see the hand of God on us, that there was first a small defeat so that Israel would want to bring the ark out, and that Hophni and Phinehas would come out to the battle, and once they're there, then there's the great defeat that wipes out um, the sons of Eli with the ark and also ends up punishing Israel for its unbelief and trying to treat the ark like a like an idol. Um, so you're, I think you're meant to see providence and the hand of God working in there. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh the same day, and his clothes were torn and there was dirt on his head. When he arrived, Eli was sitting on his seat by the road watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told the news, all the city cried out. And Eli heard the sound of the outcry, and he said, What is this uproar? And then the man, the man hurried and came and told Eli. So we'll press pause there. Um, so there was no cell phones back then. There's no carrier pigeons. If you want to hear what happened at a battle, you need someone to run and give you the report. And so this is this guy's job. He's run from the battle and he's got signs of mourning. He's torn his clothes. He's got dirt in his head. So he's running with mourning. So anybody who saw him coming would be able to tell this is not good news. But, um, and Eli's waiting. And it's really interesting. He's not worried about his sons. He's worried about the Ark of God. And so on one sense, maybe that's half good because he cares about the Lord. On the other side, it's not that great because he's still half in that idolatrous, too much caring about the ark itself and not the guard, God that the ark represents. And it's interesting, Eli cries out saying, what's this uproar? And that was what the Philistines were saying a moment ago when they heard Israelite, the Israelites shout, they're saying, what's this big noise? And so now Israel, um, Eli's saying, what's this big noise? Verse 15, now Eli was 98 years old and his eyes were set so that he could not see. And the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle. I fled from the battle today. And he said, how did it go, my son? So Eli's old and blind, so he can't see these signs of mourning. And so he has to ask how it goes. And he, he who brought the news answered him and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines. And there has also been a great defeat among the people. And your two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. So this report, the guy who's giving the report, has a hard time getting to the point because it's bad news. So he starts off with, um, he starts telling worse and worse news as he goes on. First it's a fleeing, then it's a defeat, and then it's the, the priests are dead, and then the Ark of God is captured. And as soon as he mentioned the Ark of God, Eli fell over backwards from his seat by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel for 40 years. So there's the fulfillment of the prophetic word that Hophni and uh, Phineas would die. And then also Eli, once he sees that this has all happened, he's just so shocked that he falls over. And you remember earlier on, the prophet had, had condemned Eli for fattening himself um, with the offerings of God. Well, here he's kind of killed by his own unbelief that he falls off this seat, which would be kind of like a throne. He falls off of his throne, so he comes off of his seat of authority, and because of his own weight, he breaks his own neck by how he landed. So there's a poetic justice there. 
Verse 19. Now his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant, about to give birth. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed and gave birth, for her pains came upon her. So she's in distress, and she begins to go into labor. And about that time of her death, the woman, att women attending her said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have borne a son. And she did not answer or pay attention. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God had been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory of has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Okay, so, and this brings an end to the story. And in the next chapter, we're going to join the ark as it travels through the land of the Philistines, wreaking havoc, essentially. But in order to kind of wrap up and have somebody give the definitive description about what's happening here, one of Eli's granddaughters, or daughters-in-law, um, sorry, his daughter-in-law, not his granddaughter, Phineas's wife, um, is seen giving birth and dying in the childbirth and not being able to enjoy the the son that's born and even naming him after the devastation Ichabod meaning like no the glory is gone or no glory and she just names her son after the departure of the ark of God and her father-in-law and her husband's died now again from our perspective we know that the father-in-law and her husband was an adulterer and the her brother-in-law these were not good dudes and so even though in one sense the glory is departed because the ark is gone this is a fulfillment of god's word so his glory isn't actually like departed departed because he's fulfilling his word over israel his judgment word but the similarly to how ezekiel saw the glory of the lord departing the temple as a sign of judgment having the ark which is the symbol of the presence of god with israel leaving israel captured by enemies is so psychologically and theologically and spiritually devastating so they put the devastation of all of israel into the mouth of this daughter-in-law who dies giving birth and isn't there to like take care of the next generation and so it's almost like this sense that the next generation is almost abandoned because God has left and the um, God has removed his presence from Israel for a while. All right, so that's, that's chapter four. Uh, not a happy chapter, but a fulfillment of the word that the prophets had spoken, as well as just bringing to a close the story of Eli's family for now. And now we're going to spend some time following the ark on its travels. And then when we come back, Samuel's going to be full grown, established, and be the leader of Israel. All right, be blessed, my friends, and I hope uh, you're doing well. And may God give you great faith as you study his word. 